Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo and Walter, and today we have episode 96, The Happiest Place on Earth. This, we're at Disneyland. No, that's not true. It's, uh, spoiler alert, it's not. Um, so, <laughs> um, I came across this uh, article that I shared with Gustavo about, um, I thought that it was interesting that uh, there, well, first of all, there is a world happiness report that um, asks people in 156 countries to value their lives on a scale of zero to 10 um, with a worst possible life being zero and the best possible life being 10. Um, and they look at some factors that contribute to, to that, like social support, life expectancy, generosity, absence of corruption. And I think that's about it. Um, the interesting part is that in 2022, Finland won the title of happiest place on earth or happiest country on earth for fifth year in a row five years in a row wow um so um i lived in finland in 2004 almost 20 years ago um this index was not created then i think uh, it was created in 2012 right i i believe so i mm -hmm. think you're right um, so I was interested as to what the article would say. Um, I was, um, studying abroad in, uh, in Finland. So it was interesting to get to know the culture. So it, it might, some of these things apply and, um, I'll, I'll add commentary to, to those things, but the article in and of itself talked about three things that the Finnish people don't do in order for them to be the happiest country in the world. And this is by a philosopher and psychologist that is from Finland mm. um, and lives in Finland. So I don't know if that is biased or anything, but we'll, we'll just give it a whirl and then try to see um, what, um, kind of Catholic angle we can give it to it mm -hmm. give it to it um, do you have any previous experience with 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 Finland at all I don't but I have previous experience with Disneyland and I can tell you it is not the happiest place on earth there's always a lot of kids crying and several parents cry too so there are lines mm -hmm. it's have, sometimes it's hot have you taken the kids yet or no no we have not no, um, they're too little yet it's still Wow. The first time that, uh, the only time that I've been to Disneyland, I was 13. Hmm. Um, it was a trip. It was, it was, it was fun. But, you know, now as a parent, I understand why my parents were always in a bad mood when we were on vacation, <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, one of the times that they took us when I was very, very young, um, it happened like a like a movie like a 
Chevy Chase vacation movie <laughs> because it was two families uh, and a couple of cars and we got lost because obviously there was no GPS in 1989 uh -huh. and it rained on us and it gets very confusing if you don't know where you are and it's raining at night and then like I, re <laughs> I remember that my my dad had this really um like a 72 crown victoria large car dude very like very large it's like a it's the titanic you know we call it the titanic uh -huh. and um and i remember that the lining on the ceiling started like peeling off no way and it was so because it was the summer but it was raining so it was so humid and then the fiberglass that was contained by said lining started falling on us and we were all so itchy because we're all sweaty it was like eight of us in the car at that time oh my squished God. together <laughs> so yes it wasn't very happy when we got finally got to disneyland <laughs> oh my goodness that's crazy um well finland is completely different <laughs> i went in um in Ju july through december so like the um, summer to winter semester mm. um it's beautiful during the summer but as soon as it starts getting cold oh my goodness i bet I think it's the coldest that i've been but um and going to the to the actual arctic circle is is a whole different uh ball game being there. today i was uh, thinking about like i can't wait for it to be hot in arizona again <laughs> It's like that much of a lightweight. I'm like, it's 55 in the morning. And I'm like, I I think I'm ready for three digit weather. Yeah. Anyways. I'm not, see. but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just me. Um, three things that the Finnish people don't do um, in order to be the happiest country in the world. The first thing they don't do they don't compare themselves to their neighbor. They mm. do not compare themselves to their neighbor. Um, I thought that this was very interesting. Um, I don't know that I experienced this uh, while I was living there, but um, Finnish people are like very reserved. Mm. They're not necessarily talkative until they have a few drinks on them. You know. <laughs> um, but it, it seems like they they have this innate ability to not talk about their happiness. Even if they're happy, uh, they don't talk about it. They hide it. Um, from what I was uh, listening in another video is that um, it's a cultural thing that they don't want to brag about her, how happy they are mm. so others, other people don't feel bad. That's kind of like a polite thing to do, which I thought it was. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, same thing with like uh, displays of wealth or like ma mm -hmm. material things. Um, so what this person recommends is to uh, the 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 author of the article. He says to focus more on what makes you happy, and less on looking successful. Um, said that the first step to true happiness is to set your own standards instead of comparing yourself to others. Um, this, this made me think of Dave Ramsey for mm -hmm. some reason. 
you know, like the keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Um, cause how many times we've been guilty of like, basically we're, we're talking about MB here, right? Mm-hmm. If we're putting it in Catholic terms, um, when we want to, you know, have the, the newest car or a bigger house or, you know, a MacBook Pro with an M1 chip or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. That you see someone else getting it and, and there's some sadness that comes upon us because we don't have what the other person has. Um, and that can definitely be a factor in how we feel or how satisfied we are with our life. Yeah, and especially with social media. Yes. Before you didn't know that your buddy from college got a promotion or is traveling <laughs> the world or, you know, now you know about every single one of them. So it's true. M- maybe it's like, okay, I, I feel in competition with my siblings, if if you have siblings. Yeah. Um, but but beyond that, it's it's not, it wasn't a thing. Now it's just so prevalent that we feel that we're in competition with everybody. And, and for sure, I mean, not only they don't do it, I don't know about their social media uh, uh, standards habits. or habits, uh, but, but in terms of like, I think it's, it's more that we do it online now. And yeah. we measure our our success and our happiness by what we portray online to the point where people are, as we know it, you know, and we've discussed it on this podcast many a time, they just leave live uh, fake lives. Um, it's well, all yeah, about the post. Puts their their best food forward, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you when you're having your online um, presence or what have you, um, yet there's yeah. in a staggering number of of um depression you know kids that have depression and adults young adults that are depressed right. um so that's it's tricky with this one you know and especially because our culture here is just so uh demanding and it kind of like pushes you to compare yourself to everybody else and how you're measuring up you know it was the american dream right mm-hmm If you're not uh, creating wealth or what have you, uh, how do you measure success? Exactly. But the thing is, God didn't call us to be successful. He called us to be faithful. So how do we combat envy? Um, That would be by practicing fraternal charity. And if we are charitable, we are to rejoice in the success of others without regarding uh, without regard to ourselves um you know it's it's an attitude of gratitude Mm -hmm. to god for what we have um it's a looking inwards uh, to the gifts that we have been giving rather than looking to the things that we don't have or don't need Mm -hmm. you know um it's yeah, I, I it, it is that um, everybody is going to have a different calling, a different mission, 
with your vocation, your state in life, where you are right now. Because um, I feel like Deanna and I sometimes get hung up on, you know, we're in a stage of our lives where, you know, we're not doing big vacations. We aren't ne mm -hmm. not necessarily doing the big trips or doing things that we would like to do or that we see other families doing, but was not the the right time for us. Mm -hmm. And um, we have to really discern and invite God into those decisions so we don't just pursue what we want necessarily, but really ask God what it is the best thing that you have in um in store for for the family you know yeah not and not miss the moment that you are currently living because you rather be living something else or you're exactly. always hoping for oh when i get this much money or when the kids grow we're finally gonna travel or when you know because then that takes you out of the moment that you should be living you know whether it be a good moment or a, or a challenging moment You know, yeah. changing diapers and, and feeding uh -huh. babies at four o'clock in the morning is not necessarily fun. It's self-sacrificing love, but it has its rewards. It has its fruits, which are far more long lasting than any type of vacation. Sure, a vacation is going to give you good memories if, you know, in, in, in the right context. But but that doesn't mean that one is more important than the other. You right. know, I think, well... Let me take that back. I think one is more important than the other, and it, it and it has its place. You know, it's a right order of priorities. It's, yeah, it's a right order of priorities, and and sometimes we kind of lose ourselves into that. You know, and I'm certainly guilty of that. I've been more than guilty of more than one time saying, "I I want to be doing something else instead of enjoying this moment with these people that I am right now." Um, and and you're always kind of like trapped by that you know and i think a good antidote to that is uh the litany of humility you know i think that helps me to center myself to make sure and and i try to incorporate it into my nightly routine to make sure that i'm like grateful for everything that i was given that day and to prepare myself not to fall into the same trap which i tend to do anyway um but litany of humility if if you don't frequent Uh, uh, pray it frequently. I, I think it should be part of the daily arsenal of any of any man that, especially if you struggle with things like this. Amen to that. Um, but just be warned, you're gonna have a lot of opportunities to practice humility as soon as you finish <laughs> praying it. Just That's why I pray it at night. <clears throat> yeah, the other's like, Have you been praying the linear humility? What's going on? Um, <laughs> in an accusatory tone. It's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. All right. The second thing that Finnish people don't do to be one of the, or the happiest country in the world is they don't overlook the benefits of nature. They don't overlook the benefits of nature. Um, Finns uh, feel that um, nature is important to them because it provides them peace of mind, energy, and relaxation. Um, when I was living there, I had like a lake at like a mile down the street from my apartment. Um, 
in like a loop. It, it was like forest. It, it was kind of insane. It's like pristine forest a block away from, from my apartment and just like going to do nature walks and, mm -hmm. and things like that. It can increase your your vitality, your well-being, um, and, you know, sometimes adding greenery to your life. It's just having plants at home could do the trick. Um, in Arizona here, we have, you know, uh, when the weather is nice, you can go hiking. Mm -hmm. um, there are beautiful things in the desert. There's also terrifying things in the desert, like Gila monsters. But um, if you stay away from those, you probably uh, can find beauty in creation. And and basically, that's the, the main thing that we as Catholics should be focusing on in terms of um, looking to nature. Um, it's like the first gospel, right? Mm -hmm. The first revelation of God. Um, all of creation proclaims God's glory like... John Paul II said, um, there's uh, multiple places in scripture where nature is being referenced. Uh, let's just go through a, a few of them. Uh, Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. There is no speech, nor are there words whose sound is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Mm -hmm. um, in the book of Sirach, it says, The sun looks down on everything with its light, and the work of the Lord is full of his glory. Um, in the book of Baruch, um, it says, The stars shone in their watches and were glad. He called them, and they said, Here we are. They shone with gladness for him who made them. Um, have you... Have you done uh, sky gazing in, in in Sedona? Times that you've been? No, we we have sky gazing, dude. It's so unreal because you see every single star. Mm. Um, there's no light pollution. Um, it's incredibly dark, so that you can see every single constellation. It it was definitely worth it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and even, I mean, if you think about John Paul II, mm -hmm. you know, he loved being in nature. Yes. You know, he said, you know, if you speak with most popes, they'll say that they receive their information or their formation from seminary. Um, but he says that he received it from bringing uh, young people into the wilderness. Just loved being in the mountains. Um, so... Yeah, with it's, his Shrodovisco, mm -hmm. his community. And um, it is true. You know, we this weekend was a prime example of that. We just spur of the moment decided to go to Flagstaff and nice. take the kids to play in the snow for a couple of hours. Um, okay. Do tell the story of how you almost got sent to jail because you <laughs> stopped to play in the middle of the road. Well, you shouldn't. And I think I knew it, but I, I saw everybody else doing it. So I said, maybe it's not it's true, okay. but you should not actually park on the side of the highway and just play in the snow. It's <laughs> very dangerous. Um, and you shouldn't do it. Um, well, we're clear actually, of traffic, but, but did you yeah. actually get cops go and say, Hey, yeah. So I think there was so many of us kind of like lined up along this 
this little corridor uh-huh. that that I think either somebody in a truck or somebody with a cell phone just like phoned it in because oh, it was boy. like five minutes after we had gone there um, <laughs> that like a highway patrol just like, no, no, you should not do that. Get out of here. <laughs> Carro negro oscuro, orillas y la orilla. <laughs> so, so, I mean, and we were like totally thankful to the officer for guiding us and telling us, you know, I was like, okay, I kind of knew it, but I, I just followed along, which you should not do, but. Yeah, you live, you learn, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the, the, the whole created universe is a multiple powerful and incessant appeal to proclaim the glory of the creator. These are words from St. Uh, John Paul II, not mine. Um, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, for both riches and honor come from you. Mm-hmm. This is from Numbers and, and Chronicles, respectively. And I guess the, the, the point to be made here is get outside mm-hmm. uh, and get in nature and recharge. And um, it, it, it can serve as a tool for contemplation, right? Yeah. Um, for focusing on the Lord based on on creation. I think the, like the, the closest that I've seen God act through creation has to be when I saw the Grand Canyon. Mm. I feel like that has been the... I, I don't know. This is like... Those things happen to by chance. It's like, how do people still believe that there is no God when mm-hmm. <laughs> you see things like that, that that just exist in nature? Oh yeah, it's bre- just breathtaking. I know. Um, all right. The third thing that uh, Finnish people don't do is they don't break the community circle of trust don't break the community circle of trust um finland is a, a it's a country that has very high levels of trust um they they tend to trust each other and 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 they value honesty um when i would go to the university there they would have coat racks um because all the buildings were connected because uh, mm-hmm. it was snowing outside so you could stay inside of uh, you can go to every building from whatever entry point you got and I kid you not I saw a scarf in the same place for like maybe two weeks nobody took it like it was there someone forgot it and there's no lost and found no nothing they just leave it there same thing with like a bike mm-hmm. there was a bicycle in in the downtown area outside of a restaurant or whatever the two weeks that i was going back and forth um i saw it there and i'm like Aquí no se roba nada, <laughs> nobody steals anything they're like very uh or if you leave something in a in a in the train or a taxi or whatever you can Gonna get it back. You're gonna get it back. You're confident that you'll get it back. Mm. Um, Come in Mexico. <laughs> it was a total culture shock for sure. Because yeah, they did a like a like a study with like the lost wallet, mm. and I think something dumb like ninety seven percent of the wallets were returned to the owner. 
And, I like and how you said it. that that study was like something dumb. No, like the number was. <laughs> I know. I was still, say stupid. It's a stupidly high number. It's like ninety-seven percent. <laughs> these dumb people were taking back these wallets. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Is like I got so accustomed that I I I don't we don't let the kids say stupid. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, so I I'm very used to use replacement words now. So <laughs> that's why I said dumb or silly. Mm -hmm. It's like a very very silly. Uh, study that's funny um, I I, th I was looking at that video that you sent uh, as as part of the outline for this episode and they said that it has to do with that there's there's very low level levels of poverty you know I see I think people people aren't like crazy wealthy but everybody has enough so I think that they're content con with it and they're content with it so I think they're they are That contributes to people not needing to take basically more than they should or, or in, in fact, what is not theirs. Yeah. Um, and that's tricky. It's also very, very small. You know, they have like, I don't know, 55 million people or something like that. Not even. I think it's, a well, in 20 years ago, it might have been like a four or five million people um, country. So it's easier to manage a country of five million people than, you know. Yeah, well, in terms of like wealth distribution, you know, yeah. in terms of people having enough, you know, their healthcare system is also pretty robust. You know, yeah. that, that video, this lady that gave birth said that she was in the hospital for three days and she ended up paying like three 300 pounds. Um, You know, that was another one that struck me. You know, it's it's like they encourage people to have babies over there because yeah. maternity leave, it can be up to like 10 months or something like that. Crazy. Yeah, like a year. And 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 it's divided between paternity and maternity. Um, so I think that also contributes to low levels of stress. You know, you're going to be taken care of. Uh, um Healthcare wise, uh, job wise, job security wise, you know, I think they're very good at about um, making the child and the newborn the priority and the mother the priority in those initial months. Heck yeah, I'd be happy. Happier, you know, because yeah. definitely it comes with a set of challenges. And then I think they set them up for like, The first three months, you don't have to buy anything for the baby. It's like clothing and maybe just diapers, but they give you a box. That everything also serves as a crib. Yeah, so it's pretty cool, you know. I think it's it, and that's baked into their taxes, you know. So essentially, they're paying for that, but they're getting it back, right? You know, in in a, in a very utilitarian and and tac tactical or tangible way. It's kind of insane how much they trust their government. Like they trusted their government was going to take care of them. Yeah. And, you know, except for the prime minister that likes to go clubbing. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. She said <laughs> she likes to go clubbing facts. But, um, yeah. A little too over, much, maybe. I don't know, man. She likes clubbing a little too much. I But. mean, I went to a party this weekend for a friend of ours that turned 40. And let me tell you, Ivan and I were suffering the next day. Um, that's a different story for a different time. Um, so everything in moderation, including mm -hmm. moderation is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. 
But in terms of like, how can we build trust in our community where you are, you know, if you're in a different culture, like in Mexico or you're a different culture, like here in the U.S., which is pretty much some places is like basically dog eats dog, right? Mm -hmm. um, where people are just going to do whatever they they can to advance their own uh, agenda or their own plans or mm -hmm. whatever they want to do. So we are called to love our neighbor, neighbor, plain and simple, right? Um, so, but how do we break it down in into like practicals? Well, you know, let's try to be decent human beings. Let's mm -hmm. try to uphold the dignity of every person that we encounter to try to see Jesus's face in everybody that crosses our path. Um, and, you know, basically live a virtuous life. We have a model for um, how we are supposed to act. It's Jesus Christ. Um, and um, I think that that in and of itself can create trust within our community, starting mm -hmm. with our families, with our parish, with the diocese to where you live in your city. It starts with you, with you and I and our families and whatnot. Well, I think the intentionality of our actions needs to reflect that. Don't just do it because you want to be seen doing it. You know, obviously it's, we need to do good things because they're the good in it of itself. Because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. That's that should be if that's not enough motivation, then then there's really no point in doing it because then you're just it's just self-serving. It's selfishness in, an, in another aspect. Right. Yeah. So it's it's little things, you know, it's just like don't leave the shopping cart in the middle of the parking lot. Dude, that's such a big thing. Like mm -hmm. I was trying to do that. Like I see another shopping cart next to where I park. I just like take it to the thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not that difficult. It's, it's like not that difficult. You get exercise, steps. you know, you yeah. get your exercise, you get your steps in. Um, but I mean, it's just one very simple example. Um, basically being, like you said, a good person, seeing Christ in everybody uh, and reflecting that, you know, what, what, what actions can we take to lighten the load on somebody else? Yeah, very little or very big, you know, they, they, they can range. Um, but it's about that being loving and respectful and, and just making sure that we communicate that through through our actions on a daily basis. And the more we do it, the easier it gets. You know, just it's habitual. Um, right now, I think it's easier to just be like <laughs> you said very habitual. self. I thought that you had said something else. Sounded <laughs> it's habitual. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And, It's difficult sometimes. And then the it right now we're kind of like conditioned, like you said, you know, to just like uh, take care of our own, and and that's where it stops. Right. Um, so, yeah. We, One thing that Deanna told me recently that blew my mind is that um, she said, "I want to be the person that I wanted to have." I wanted to be the person that I needed that I didn't have. Mm. So basically what 
in the context of what she said, it is um, she's really trying to reach out to new moms mm -hmm. and helping them out with a, a home cooked meal, yeah, or you know, uh, doing a meal freezer uh, prep or yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. I probably yep. butcher that the second one, but it's you know small acts of kindness that go a long way, especially when you are in those situations, like mm -hmm. and you're a new mom or a new family. And uh, those made a lot of difference to us. So that's why we are always trying to like offer it to other new parents because it is difficult and nobody tells mm -hmm. you that it's difficult. And if they tell you, you probably forget about it <laughs> yeah until you're living it yeah for yeah, sure yeah yeah um and ultimately these three things that the finnish people don't do it's not necessarily happiness what we want you to take out of this because you know happiness is fleeting mm -hmm. it doesn't last what we should aim for and this is kind of like the plot twist of this episode is joy We should aim to to have joy because it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? Did I say it right? Fruit? Yeah, totally. Okay. I thought it was a gift, but me too. <coughs> it's a it's a Excuse fruit me. of the Holy Spirit, you know, and so is peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, and love. You know, so we want to make sure that yes, we want to be happy. But that shouldn't be the focus of our life as Christians, as Catholic uh, uh, men and women. We know we want to make sure that we aim for joy because happiness is going to be a byproduct of just being a joyful person. Um, but you're also meant to be joyful in difficult moments, um, you know, to make sure that we receive that. We got to ask the Holy Spirit for that. Um, that's one thing I've been trying to practice to to ask the Holy Spirit to, to invite the Holy Spirit to start my day um, a lot more, you know, because we can't happiness. You can make happen for yourself. You know, you, you can have like a expensive meal or you can buy an expensive car and, and you'll be happy for yeah. that moment. But joy is something that we can't give ourselves. You know, that's something that we need to ask for and work towards. I'm into that. I um, when I got that book that I may see, mm -hmm. so I'll report with my findings later. Yes, please um, do. And in the meanwhile, um, we we want to thank you for listening to this episode. Um, let's work on on being joyful, on um, showing it to to other people. Um, it, it doesn't matter that we don't live in, in Finland. The, the point of this whole thing is we are disciples. We are followers of Christ. And what should count is how we love each other. Mm -hmm. You know, that they should know us for, for how we love one another. Exactly. Um, especially in, in this day and age where everything is so divided, mm -hmm. um, even within the church. So let's try to do something They can unite mm -hmm. uh, one another. <laughs> yep. 
and 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 do the a small difference you know exactly Sm doing small things with great love as saint Teresa of Lisieux would say amen amen so thank you again and uh, don't forget to go to direct.me forward slash barbatus for more information on the podcast and we will see you next week bless us Alanis Casey pray, pray for, us. for us until the next time